Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys. Well, today I'm going to be chatting with my friend and fellow author, Jenny Lawson. Jenny is the author of several books and her latest is Broken in the Best Possible Way. We had a conversation for my author conversation series and it was such a great conversation. We talked about mental health. We talked about using humor as a coping skill. We talked about the healthcare system and how difficult it is to find a therapist. We talked about Um, being introverts and having anxiety. Um, We talked about a lot of topics that I thought were really relevant to the selfie audience and things that we talk about quite a bit in our selfie community group. And so I really wanted to highlight this conversation with her for you guys. And so rather than Rue and I doing our usually check-in, I am just going to have us pop right into that conversation with Jenny because um, it's a good one. And um, I wanted to get right to it. So without further ado, Jenny Lawson. Hello. It's nice to see your face. I feel like, you know, in a normal year, I would have seen you somewhere, somehow. Right, right. not a normal year. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's going on to uh, also another, not another normal year. So yeah, it's just going to, uh, it's just pretty much going to continue forever is the way that this is the new normal. Well, I just keep calling it a year, even though we're w- we're way past a year. <laughs> like we're rounding two, um, but I just don't think my brain can handle that. So I'm just going to keep calling it a year. Yeah, yeah. When people have me sign um, copies of "Let's Pretend This Never Happened," I always <laughs> change it on the in- inside as I'm signing it to "Let's Pretend 2020 Never Happened," and now I'm like, am I going to have to add and 20? Yeah, I'm going to have to add and 2021. Okay. No. I had such high hopes. Remember June when we got our vaccines and oh, we were like, it was oh. so good. We could leave the house. We could travel. And we had like three weeks of thinking that maybe the rest of the world would, you know. Right. That we'd all get our vaccines yeah. and we'd all and then we'd be safe. And the, yeah. and uh, yeah, that that didn't that didn't work out so well. Oh, so, gosh. Um, yeah. Are yeah. you what's school looking like for the fall? Um, are you? Back in, back in regular, they back in regular school or? Yeah, yeah. Haley's back in, in regular public school. And of course, because it's Texas, um, oh, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I, they actually just had last night, they had a um, emergency uh, board meeting where they finally at least agreed that like, maybe we should, um, you know, enforce masks for at least yeah. a month. Uh, so that's going to, at least on, on Monday. But I will say that most of the kids in Haley school, um, the majority of them, even though it's not required, the majority of them do wear masks. Yeah. So 
So that's helpful. And, but yeah, we have another school that is, um, nearby us and they're like a year round school and they have so many cases and there's so many teachers that are sick. And I mean, it's just, it's practically shut down the school. So I'm like, Oh, don't let that get that bad everywhere else. Yeah. Well, I know they're a theater kid and I have theater kids and I've been Mm -hmm. really impressed. Like the theater kids are like taking this really seriously. They are. And I almost wonder if they're not just like, listen, I have to be able to sing and I have to protect my lungs and (laughs) my voice. So yeah, part part of me is like, oh, they're so smart. And then the other part of me is like, well, and also maybe they're a little selfish because they just don't want to get sick. So that's okay. That's right. I'm okay with that selfishness. (laughs) But I feel like the theater kids are always like little social justice warriors too, right? Like, you know, they're they're just down for all the causes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's so cute. I, well, I, it. I was really tickled. I listened to the audiobook um, of your book, uh-huh. Broken in the Best Possible Way. And I was just so tickled at the end when you were talking about the experience of reading the audiobook <laughs> in your house, because that was also my experience for my book this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's completely insane. Um, but I have to say, so you know, it was hard. It was hard doing the initial setup, like cleaning out enough of a closet uh-huh. that I can, you know, put everything in there. And then of course, you know, they, they ship you all of the equipment uh-huh. and you have to install it and put it together. And I'm not tech savvy. And so, you know, I, I, I'm like on FaceTime with the, the director and with the tech person and we're going through and I'm just like, I don't know how any of this works. And there's like 82 different pieces that have to be put together. And it took hours. Um, But aside from that, I absolutely would rather do this from now on than go into like flying to New York and do the. So yeah, I actually, I sent a thing to my agent and I was like, can I continue to do uh, audiobooks in my closet in the future? Because totally this this is nice I get to sit here and Dorothy Barker's on my lap and Hunter S. Tomcat is like hey what's going on and it's nice I know that it was like chaotic but then I agree it was also really nice and like it was my first experience and I was really brain dead by the end you know by 5 p.m like reading all day I was kind of like and I was like I'm just so glad I'm at my house like I'm yes. just gonna lay on my back yeah in yeah between it's, it, yeah it seems like it's so easy. And then about two hours into it, you're like, I am absolutely exhausted. My throat is killing me. Yep. Why am I so tired? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it's... I'm also like criticizing my word. Like, I'm not even making sense. This book sucks. <laughs> I don't know what a word is anymore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm constant. Yes. Like, words are coming Con- out of my mouth. Yes, but I don't know what yes. I'm saying. Stopping, stopping myself over and over again, um, and and actually, like more likely, it was my uh, producer stopping me and going, mm-hmm. like, "Have you ever heard that word pronounced this way?" Which was such a nice way of her saying, <laughs> "You're saying that wrong," and and it and it happens all the time because I read more than I talk. Yeah, and so there are all these words that I'm like, 
are you sure that's how that spread? And I'd have to go and like, listen. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, you're right. Okay. But I've only known this word in my own brain. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, are you sure it's ethereal? Isn't it ether real? Cause it seems like ether, like it's out in the ether yeah, and, and it's real. real and it's, and, and, yeah, and, and then I'm like, we should no, say it that okay, way because right. it makes more sense. Right. Exactly. Let's just change it. <laughs> Well, I love this book so much. I love your writing. Um, but this one in particular, I I always say my favorite type of art, whether it's a book or a movie, is something that makes me laugh and something that makes me think. Those are the two things I want together, right? That's the magic sauce for me. And I mean, this this book made me laugh. It made me cry. I mean, there was a period I was I was laughing about. There's a period of two chapters where one chapter was about like squirrel traps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Your squirrel taking over the rat trap. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and I'm dying, I'm like crying laughing. And then in the next chapter, you're talking about like filling the holes in our soul <laughs> and, you know, loss and friendship and codependency. And I'm like bawling. And I'm like, this is why I love Jenny Lawson. Like, we're, you know, we contain multitudes. Like, it's an emotional journey. Exactly. 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 Yeah. You know, it was hard going through and um, figuring out like, how do, how do I place like, okay, do I do, you know, funny, serious, funny, serious, mm -hmm. or do I, and yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. It's almost like making it like a recipe because you want to be like, okay, well, I want to set this up, but then, okay, then people need a break from this, but then yes. can I go straight from, you know, how do dogs know they have penises to, you know, healthcare crisis? Is that going to work? Is so, yeah, yeah. It, that's, it's a weird, it's a, you know, the, the, the thing about essay books is you don't think about um, how to uh, put them in a proper order until all of a sudden your editor is like, so look, I can't just put these in the way that you submitted them to me. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, I had the same issue with my book too, because I, I'd have like an essay about white privilege and then like a story about changing poop, you know, and yes, but, but, you know, I, I, I really enjoy the kind of back and forth. I like that, you know, I, I liked that it was out of order, you know, yes. and that there was some time to breathe and some time to really contemplate the heavy stuff. But then in the next chapter, we're laughing about, you know, pitches. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Crazy oh, business pitches. pitches chapter. You know, what's really, what's really funny about the pitches chapter. So if you haven't read it, there's this whole chapter about, um, uh, Shark Tank, the TV show had sent me this thing and they were like, you know, we'd like you to do some reviews and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, here's what you should do is you should have me on the show. And I came up with these like terrible pitches, like just so inappropriate, um, with some of my friends. And I, uh, the funny thing about that chapter is I was very, I was, it had been months and months and months that I had not submitted anything to my editor. And with this book, I was in a really deep depression when I wrote a lot of it. So um, I was years behind on my deadline and I started feeling really panicky about, you know, the fact that I hadn't turned in anything in so long. And so I wrote that chapter just as a, so that I could submit it and she could go, I appreciate you doing this, but it's not quite right. But it would like buy me time. I would be like, yes. oh, okay. Well, if you don't think it's good enough, you know, and then, then it's back on her, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and instead, um, both she and my agent were like, this is hilarious. And I was like, but we, but we, 
we can't actually put this in the book, right? Like this is, this is pretty inappropriate. Like even for me, this is inappropriate. And they were like, no, it's great. It's really funny. I was like, oh, totally. Oh no. It was, oh perfect. no. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. So that was sort of a, 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 a surprise chapter for me as well. Yeah. I love that it was just hysterical and so random in places, but then the through line really was, you know, about mental health and the chapter that really got me um, was the one about insurance, your letter to your insurance carrier. And it, it got me from both ends because I struggle with mental health stuff. I absolutely struggle with getting coverage, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I, you know, I'm in a new loop of I need a new therapist. I literally cannot find a therapist that's covered by my insurance that takes new clients. Literally yeah. can't find it. Like on my to-do list today is to call and scream at my insurance mm-hmm. that they need to give me a person who has openings. Anyway, but I'm also a therapist, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from that end, it's so terrible because so many of us have just decided I'm not going to deal with this insurance bullshit anymore. I'm just going to yes. take cash because it's so demoralizing. It's so frustrating. Our hands are so tied. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, then I feel shitty because I'm not taking insurance and people need to use their insurance. It's so, it's so hard. Yeah. yeah my, um, most of my doctors and my psychiatrist and therapist, and none of them take uh, my insurance yeah. and I don't blame them because my insurance is terrible and yeah. they make my life miserable. Yeah. Um, and I am so lucky that I can afford to do that because a yeah. lot of people can't. Um, and, you know, so many of uh, the treatments that I do and the medication I do, and even just basic medications, like my antidepressants, is it's almost impossible to get them to cover them at all. And so I end yeah. up paying, I mean, right now, and they're at least covering some of it, but I'm still paying about a hundred dollars a month yeah. for just antidepressants, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. No. Like, and that's why? so cost prohibitive for so many people. It is, it is. And, and not only that, but then also, you know, it's so easy when you are in a depression to say, I'm not worthy of this medication. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then you stop taking it because you feel like you're taking money away from your family. Mm-hmm. And then you slip further and further away and then it becomes worse and worse. And it, I mean, in the long run, it's such a terrible decision for um, for the insurance companies, for yourself, for your family. Um, and they should want to be doing all of these things that that help people in the short run so that they don't mm-hmm. have to do the really scary long run treatment, which is right. also almost impossible to get. I mean, I just got finished with um, uh, ketamine therapy mm-hmm. for um, uh, treatment resistant depression. And it's not, I mean, I, I didn't even need to call my insurance. Uh, I immediately, as soon as I talked to the the people, the, the, um, doctor who did it they were just like yeah you're you're absolutely not going to get it covered right, like, don't by even bother. yeah exactly so yeah it's just it it shouldn't be that way no I mean it's funny because after I read your book I was like oh I'm gonna try TMS like maybe mm-hmm. this will work for me right um and you know called and of course immediately I mean immediately they're like yeah this will be out right. of pocket <laughs> It is so, it is so insane. And the thing is, is that if you, if you fight enough for it, 
I would say 60% of the time I will, they will eventually bend and, and, you know, say like, okay, well, I will at least, you know, count it toward your deductible or we'll at least do this or that. But I know that it's going to take at least a full eight to 12 hours of me fighting for this one particular thing. And it's going to cost, it's going to take at least five hours of my doctor's time too. And for a lot of doctors, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're just, we can't do that. We cannot afford to spend that time. And we already know that we're going to have to go. And, and so they, you know, the insurance companies, they know they they know most people are going to give up. Well, you know, one, one thing that um, I figured out pretty quickly as a therapist is there are certain insurance companies that will just deny every claim on the first try because they think you'll give up. Like that, that is just a standard practice is they just bump it right back to you. And it's frustrating, you know, you're trying to keep track of all this and you you do, you do give up. Like I, I have not gotten reimbursed and not asked for it of the client. There's, you know, for lots of, of clients where I'm just like, I guess I was just free because right. I, I don't want to deal with their insurance. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, never mind. Yes. I have a, a, what is it called? A healthcare savings account thing where Uh I I put my own money in and then, you know, I can use that to pay for stuff that other things don't cost, uh, other things don't cover. And um, so when I started doing ketamine, I was like, well, at least I can use that because that's my own money that I've put in. And I went in and of course, you know, they were like, oh yeah, this, uh, this card doesn't work. And, uh, and then we talked to the, you know, the people at the insurance and they were like, yeah, it takes, um, it takes, uh, five days before that card is actually works. I'm like, okay, well that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. And then five days later, when I have my next treatment, I go in and they're like, yeah, it's still not working. And then we call and they're like, oh, you know, but you have to actually physically move it over onto the card from your account. I'm like, why would you, I mean, what is the point of having a card if it's not already? So then we do. And then we come back five days later for the next one. And they're like, yeah, still not working. Still going to have to pay cash. And then we call and we're, they're like, oh yeah, it can take like, you know, five to 10 days before we move that from your account. So that, oh my God, it was, I mean, we were to the end of my treatment. Yeah. And luckily we had money in the bank though. I could just be like, all right, well, I guess that's another $200 that I'm paying today that I was not expecting, but not everybody can do that. And it's, and they just, they just want you to give up. I mean, it's like being in a relationship with an abusive boyfriend, right? Like you're being gaslit, you're, they're crazy making, they're Mm -hmm. smoking mirrors. Like it's literally all the hallmarks of just a totally toxic relationship. It absolutely is. I have, I I do think um, that it is starting to get a little bit better just because I think people are starting to read the press and people are starting to become more aware and are getting more angry and understand that, um, that, that they may have to do, you know, three or four different, um, oh my gosh, what is it called? I've done so many of them. You think that you would, would, uh, remember when you, you go in and you do like the retrial of, you know, let me submit it again and let me submit it again and let me submit it again. And, and that at a certain point, the insurance company goes, oh, actually we are losing money because we're having to pay every time to deal with this. Um, so hopefully fingers crossed, maybe it's going to get better. I know. I hope so. I hope so. I loved in your book, you described anxiety so well and just the experience of our brains sort of 
playing tricks on us, right? And, I, you know, I think it's so interesting and normalizing for me to read your work on it because I feel like we get so many messages that tell us, like, trust your gut or, like, you know, you know, go with your own feelings. And I'm like, you know, if I did that, it would not work out very well. Right? <laughs> like, exactly. I literally can't trust my gut. Well, 100%. My gut is telling me run all the time. Like, <laughs> Run totally. away and, and pee while you're running because that'll make you yes. lighter. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my uh, lizard brain is the mm-hmm. one that is in charge. And yeah. I have to constantly be like, okay, well, depression is lying to me. So I can't believe any of this stuff. Um, my anxiety is overreacting. Um, and yeah, so finding those those tools of what helps has been a really, it's a really hard learning experience. And what what's... What's both wonderful and terrible is that I think everybody creates their own toolbox of, Mm -hmm. you know, like, here are the things that work for me. And, you know, sometimes it's medication and sometimes it's uh, meditation and sometimes it's, um, you know, like, uh, you know, envisioning certain things. And I have all sorts of of tools that, that I think probably if I talk to somebody who doesn't have mental illness, they would look and go, that's crazy. And it is, but guess what? So am I, so that works. Um, But what I, what I think is really interesting is how often I will talk to people who also have um, similar issues and I'll be like, so what's worked for you? And, you know, you share those, those things of like, you know, here's, you know, some, you know, envisioning things that, that work for me. And here's some things that don't work for me. And all of a sudden you find somebody who has the same tools and you're like, what? Like, so um, uh, one of the things that for me, and this sounds absolutely ridiculous um, because I have such bad anxiety disorder, but one of the things that is most calming to me is watching horror movies and reading scary books. And you would think that that would be just the opposite, that that would be like, you know, putting it into overdrive. Um, But instead for me, because... I'm always feeling this terror and dread and it doesn't match what's going on in my life. There's that cognitive dissonance that's going like, why do I feel like this? This is not right. But if I have like a horror movie going on in the background while I'm working on something, then it's like, oh, that this makes sense because Mm -hmm. it's because, uh, you know, there's some chainsaws going on in the background and that, and there's human centipede and whatever. Um, Also (laughs) don't watch human centipede. I have, you should not watch it. It's terrible. Um, But um, you have to find, but there are some other people who would be like, that would be the last thing that would, I would never sleep again. So finding those things um, are really important. And, And in a way that's really helpful too with, um, you know, finding treatment for, for my depression, um, you know, it's, I have treatment resistant depression. So I've gone through so many different, you know, medications and treatments, and it is very easy to feel like if one doesn't work for you, that you failed the treatment and instead being able to change your, um, your thinking and, and be like, no, that treatment failed me. And that's okay. Like that's, it just means you go on to the next one, you know, if, if chemotherapy doesn't work for one cancer patient and then the doctor's like, okay, we need to move to surgery. You don't go like, I failed chemotherapy. You just go like, oh, that sucks. That didn't work for me. Yeah. We move on to the next thing. Um, And, but it's, it's so much harder, I think, for us to do that with something that is mental because it feels so hidden and and people Uh can't look at you and see and be like, 
oh, you're clearly, you're clearly ill. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's harder. And I, I have the experience too, where I, I present pretty well because I can go very clinical. Mm-hmm. And so even in therapy or, you know, with a psychiatrist, like they'll be like, well, yeah, I mean, but you don't, you know, you don't seem like it's that bad. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, like my, in my brain, it's so bad. Like, I know I'm here dressed with my hair done, but like up here, it's really bad. Yes. Like, well, I don't you- know how to express to you how cuckoo it is up here. Exactly, exactly. And the, um, I, I'm also like, I'm a real, I'm a people pleaser. And yes. so I want, like, I almost feel like I have to like, be like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Oh, totally. Even with my, you know, my therapist and my doctors. And actually, so the second time that I had, um, ketamine treatment and, you know, it's, it's like, a they give you these injections of these psychedelic drugs and, um, they, my, the particular place that I go to, um, they, don't give you these anti-anxiety drugs that a lot of the other ones do um, because they're like disassociation can be helpful and Mm -hmm. so it's okay if you but it can be uncomfortable let us know and uh, so I disassociated and ended up in this like existential dread hole and and what I should have done what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to hit the button and say hi I, my mind just went to a bad place. I feel right. scared. Um, but of course I didn't because I was like, I'm the people. Play. I'm like, everything's yeah, great. I'm going to be it's a good patient. Fine. I'm exactly. Yes. I'm not going to cause trouble. I don't so- want to disturb anyone. And so it wasn't until I came back the next time that I was like, so I, I had kind of like not a great time last time. And I kind of felt like I was stuck in time. And they were like, why didn't you tell us? I was like, well, I don't know. And they were like, okay, well, we have an easy solution to that. We can give you this other medication that'll help. And it totally did. But I was so like, I don't want to bother anyone that I'm just like, well, I'll just die instead. It's okay. Don't worry. I'll step over my body. It's fine. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's if, if it's just a woman thing or if it's just a you know people pleaser thing. I don't know, but whatever it is, I'm just like, okay, we have got to stop being so dang polite, you know, and, know. and stand up for ourselves sometimes and be our own agents. But you know, I think you've mo- I mean, you have modeled that for me really well because I, you know, I know like even at some of the conferences that we'll be at together, like you have rock solid boundaries, you know, you have figured out a way. I remember, I think the first time I met you, it was like a a meet and greet booth. Like you created a booth for yourself. (laughs) Am I remembering that right? At like Blogger 2007 or something? Yeah. So, so what happened is in the past, whenever I would have, because I would do um, the people's party because there would always be these parties and they were like these special parties that only yes. the fancy people got invited to. And, yes. and I, first of all, I hated those and I never got invited to them. So, so um, myself and several other people, we were like, let's just do a people's party where everybody gets to come yeah. and this will just be fun. And, um, but I had too much anxiety and I was like, but I can't come. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang out in the bathroom the entire time. And so I did. And that became the thing of like, oh, have you seen Jenny? She's in the bathroom. And so we ended up having these great parties in the bathroom. Yes. Um, and then at a certain blogger, because the people's party got like bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think blogger was like, we need to sort of sponsor this and like, you know, make it. And and yeah. we were like, yeah, we don't really want to give it up because we just don't do it. Like we don't make any money. We don't want sponsors. We, it's just, yeah. a, and, and they were like, no, 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 we'll, we'll do it. And we'll, and we'll make a, a, there'll be a special bathroom just for Jenny. And so they built me yes. this 
like booth and it had like a toilet and it was so sweet, but the whole point of the bathroom is that you can easily escape from it. And they put it in this corner, like in the, and it ended up so being like were exactly the opposite. It was yeah. so terrifying. They trapped me in the corner with a toilet and like, thank God, like Laura Mays was there. And so she would stand there next to me and she would be like, Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need yeah. to hide somewhere? And I'd be like, I need to hide somewhere. And I, we had like hide under a table. And then, yeah. then I would come back out again and I'd be like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then I go hide again. And, and, uh, yeah, but what's, you know, what's really nice is that, um, not only do people typically understand it, um, yeah. or if they don't understand it, they go, well, that's weird, but okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but more importantly, it gives other people permission to say, I have boundaries too. And yeah. oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who only, who's like, okay, well, if I show up to a party for five minutes and leave, does that make me a loser? And instead they're like, oh, oh, there's tons of people who only show up for five minutes and leave. Like, that's okay. That's acceptable. Yeah. Like, that's a five-minute win because most of us are hiding in the, the room the entire time. So, yeah. Yeah, once all, once all that pretense is down, all of a sudden, you can start to go like, oh, we're, it turns out we're all human. And now a quick break from one of our sponsors. A few months ago, our family had a pretty devastating loss when my nephew lost his fourth child. When it happened, I knew I wanted to help, so I immediately offered to organize a fundraiser for my nephew and his wife, who had experienced this terrible loss but were also struggling to pay for medical bills that preceded losing their son. I quickly started to do some research on the best platform to use to help organize care for them. I was really happy to find Give in Kind. Their platform is specifically created for offering care. It is highly customizable and offers a number of ways for family, friends, and even strangers to help out. There's a section where you can give updates and keep people posted to what is going on, but I also really love that it offers a variety of ways to crowdfund, as well as the ability to set up care like meals and housekeeping. You can even allow people to sign up to give rides or care for pets. I was able to set up a schedule for people to bring meals to them. It allowed people to bring a homemade meal or to choose an option to send a meal through Grubhub or simply a gift card to any number of meal delivery services. It also offered a place to give info on what kind of meals the family likes, which is super helpful when there are kids involved who tend to be pickier eaters. They also offer the ability to send a number of gifts that are appropriate for times of crisis and loss. I especially like the fact that giving a gift certificate to an online therapy site was an option. They also have an option for gift cards for groceries, care packages, and self-care experiences. I found Givenkind to be the most thoughtful platform, and I really appreciate that it is free. A lot of intention has gone into making it a place to offer respectful and targeted support. My nephew's loss was one example of how people need support, but whether you're having a baby, preparing for surgery or hospital stay, battling cancer, or simply want to support your friends as they go through a challenging time, Give in Kind is a great place to coordinate any and all of life's disruptions, the good and bad, and get people the support that they need. You can check them out at giveinkind.com. That's give, I-N-K-I-N-D.com. I've talked a lot about being a habitual tea drinker. I drink a cup every morning and one every night, and I'm always looking for the perfect morning and evening teas. I've recently found a tea brand, Ready Slim, that makes teas specific for helping you wake up and another one to help you wind down. Their snoozy night detox tea is full of soothing, caffeine-free ingredients designed to de-stress and calm your mind. It's got lavender, chamomile, and valerian root to promote better sleep, as well as peppermint, lemon verbena, and nettle leaf to aid with digestion and help reduce bloating. 
Their morning tea, called Wakey Wakey, is a detox blend to help remove toxin buildup and reduce inflammation. Green ruibos, ginger, lemon, verbena, and nettle leaf all work to reduce bloating and help with digestion, while their organic yerba mate gives a natural energy boost. Ready Slim's detox teas are made with high-quality, 100% organic herbs. Ready Slim's detox teas are not a laxative tea. They are made with no fillers, no additives, and no laxatives, so they're safe to drink every day. Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit has both the morning and evening tea. And right now, for a limited time, you can save 25% on your first order of their 28-day detox tea kit, plus get a free collapsible water bottle. Go to readyslim.com slash selfie and use the code selfie. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-I-M dot com slash selfie and the code selfie to save 25% off your first purchase of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm sure your desire would be meet everybody, right? Like yes. have a moment of connection with everybody. Like that's that's totally my desire. Mm-hmm. But can my brain do that? No. No. Or I try. Exactly. You know, I remember I was at, I spoke at something. I can't even remember what I spoke at. And then it was like one of those situations where I then kind of mulled out and then a line formed and then the line was really long. And then I was having one-on-one conversations for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I, and of course, no boundaries because, I, you know, people, yes. you know, you, you want to talk to people. But I remember getting sick because my anxiety and IBS are like connected. I remember yes. getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then, but I had no boundaries. And then when it was finally over, I walked outside and threw up in the grass. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, yep. None of those people want me to throw up, you know, like I can just advocate for myself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Same with, um, you know, on, on book tour, like my favorite part is, you know, afterward in the line and I get to talk to people and it's so fantastic, but it is also so emotionally draining that I can't do anything else the entire yeah. time that I'm the everywhere that I go I never get to see anything of the city or anything because I'm like I'm gonna be sick the entire next day mm-hmm. and and it's total it's totally worth it like it, yeah. it absolutely is totally worth it but um I have such envy for the people who were like oh last night I went to a party it was really great you want to meet for brunch I'm like are you kidding me yeah. you were able to do something at night and then you want to do something the next day like how is that that's like <laughs> doing three triathlons in a row like I don't understand yeah. it um but you know what's really nice is um and that I missed about this year because I didn't get to do a book tour is um, I would always see people in line who had like the same eyes as me and they would mm-hmm. have the same panicky, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say and mm-hmm. I want to run away. And I, and, and I could see them like from a distance Yeah. and I would tell um, the people that I was with and actually Victor, when he travels with me, he's so good about this mm. because he recognizes it too. And so he would see those people and would go to them in line and be like, Hey, do you want to do you want to just come up to the front real quick? And he would just, and he Aww. would just be like, Hey, Jenny, do you want to grab a Coke real quick on, on the other side? And I would be like, yes, I do. And I could like sneak over and just like give them a hug real quick and be like, I get it. I can tell you need to go. It's all right. Let me sign your book. I love you. You know? And so, so I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of missed that I didn't get to do that, but yeah. 
what was also really nice is this is the first time that like my whole book tour was virtual. Yeah. And there were so many people who were like, I've never been able to go to a book tour because my anxiety is too strong. And I never, it never dawned on me before to have a virtual book tour. And now I'm like, of course, from now on, I will always have at least one virtual stop. And, and it's, yeah. Yeah. And you, I, I loved you. You talked about that in your kind of epilogue, um, how, you know, the pandemic like allowed you to have a one-on-one with Ali Brosh that people got to watch that probably wouldn't have happened in real life. Right. And never. Yeah. I ne- I never, I mean, we're like, like best friends in our imaginations. Um, but our, our anxiety and our, um, introversion is so high that we don't email each other. We don't text each other. We don't have, um, we just were very sort of hidden and, um, yeah, it was the first time ever that I was able to talk to her in real life. And she was in her, you know, blanket fort and (laughs) I was hidden in my office and it was fantastic. And then as soon as it was done, we never talked to each other again. Um, And, but we still like, even when we were, when we were talking, we were like, she was like, we have these imaginary trips that, that we go on, you and I. And I was like, oh my God, we totally have those imaginary trips. Oh so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I, there's so many things that actually, I mean, COVID completely sucks. And, you know, I, I, I don't recommend it. And my grandmother died of it. And it was yeah. an awful thing. But there were a lot of wonderful silver lining that kind of came with that, um, including the fact that there were so many things that I was asked to do that before um, I never could have done. Like I did, like the Mayo Clinic does this um, invisible disabilities um, speaking thing and they'd asked me to do it. And I was like, I can't because my invisible disability is I have anxiety. Right. Not good at traveling. And, um, and this, this last year they were like, well, we're going to do it virtually. And so I was suddenly able to do, and there were so many things, um, that I think opened up for so many people who, uh, can't for some reason or another, you know, easily leave their house. And I hope that we continue that, like open-mindedness of saying, you know what, the rules don't have to be quite as strong. We actually can make some, some changes. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we can learn a lot from this if we're prepared to. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like you, it's like, I know, you know, that this has had horrible consequences for people. Um, But at the same time, it's like, it's also brought some really beautiful stuff. I mean, people are able to work from home that otherwise wouldn't have been able to. And, you know, just a lot of a lot of things that have, you know, I think been helpful for all kinds of people, whether it's disability, parenting, you know, tons of aspects that have been helped by our forced, you know, we all had to become our own tech tech people. And, you know, whoever thought that we'd be like recording our audiobooks from our from our homes. (laughs) <laughs> that, I mean, there's just so many things that that, you, that we were just like, oh, no, you can't. I mean, you just can't. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, actually, yeah. if we have to, yeah. we can. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe the rules are not quite so quick after yeah. all. I'm just really hoping that we abolish meetings after this. Like, can we just all agree it oh never needed to be a meeting? <laughs> it could have been an email yes, the whole time. Yes, it never needed to be a meeting. Also handshakes. 
I think all handshakes should just go away. Instead, it should just be, you just wave. You just yeah. go like, hi. And then that's it. Like Waving I'm, I'm nice. a hugger and I totally get it, but I get nothing out of handshakes. There's nothing <laughs> of like, let me touch your hand. Oh, now you're real. Who it cares? is so weird. You know? What a weird tradition. It really it's is so strange. strange. It is so strange, right? Yeah. Wave, bow. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that we can acknowledge people without having to say like, let me touch the inside of your palm. All totally. right, now you're okay. <laughs> your sweaty palm. <laughs> I loved right? also in your epilogue when you said that like for a person who is both introverted and has anxiety, like we've been preparing for this quarantine our whole lives. <laughs> Like we were like, oh yeah, oh, let's go. this is our marathon. Totally. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. I had so many friends who would reach out and they would be like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this forever. I will help you through it. It's totally. okay. Like this is, you're going to be all right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I think too, I mean, you know, as you mentioned, I do the same thing too, where I'm in a constant state of fight or flight. So whether or not I have a crisis I always have a crisis, right? My brain is ready yes. to create a crisis, yes. like ready for a catastrophe at any moment. If there's not one available, I'll noodle. I'll find something. I'll find some thread to pull. I'll find a physical symptom, <laughs> like, you know. And so mm -hmm. it was weirdly calming when there was like an actual crisis, like, okay. Yes. Kind of like your horror movies, yes. like, yeah. okay, and there's an external crisis. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, everybody is freaking out the same way I have been forever. Yeah. And they're all suddenly agoraphobic, just like me. Oh, okay. Welcome to my world, everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I don't know, it was kind of, that was, that was a little nice in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, although I am really ready to be able to not wear a mask anymore. I, I know. My kid is so used to it. Like, they don't even realize. They're just like, I have to tell them, like, okay, you're out of school. You don't have to wear the mask anymore. And they're like, oh yeah, I forgot I was wearing it. I'm like, how? I constantly am like, I can't breathe. Isn't that so I know funny I can, though? but in I my head. I think our kids have just adjusted. Like my daughter would walk home from school still wearing it and she'd like sit and watch TV with it. And I'm like, what? And she's like, it's just cozy. Right. It's like a, right. she calls it her mouth blanket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, it, it cracks me up with all these parents, like, let them breathe and like, you know, fighting at the school board so that they don't have to wear masks. Like the kids don't care. They really, the I can't say totally only care, care if we are making it a big deal, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of they're over it. They've just, yeah. they've gotten used to it. They've moved on. This is life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's hard for the parents. Yeah. I get it. It's hard for me too. I don't like wearing them. Yeah. But... But yeah, yeah, all the kids, I, I just did, even, and they wear them outside even. I'm like, aren't yeah. you hot? So they're like, no, oh yeah, oh, am I still wearing the mask? Oh yeah, well, I'll just leave it on. I'll forget to put it on otherwise. I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, go for you. Good job. I mean, I don't like wearing it, but that's where I get irritated with the people who say like, oh, you know, I can't breathe or I can't wear it because I'm like, okay, listen, I have anxiety, asthma, and sensory processing disorder. If I can <laughs> wear it, you can wear it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. If I can do it, anybody can. Yes. Um, well, what is next for you? Are you working on your next book? Or are you taking a break? I am. I'm pretty much taking a break, yeah. um, although it's it's not an intentional break. Um, but I, I just have not had 
um, the creativity and the motivation and the inspiration, um, which is part of why I went, you know, back into treatment for uh, depression. And now I, I feel like I'm starting to come out of it um, just in, in, I think the last week I'm, I've come out enough that I'm like, oh, it's like breathing again for the first time after being underwater. Yeah. Um, and so now all of a sudden I'm starting to have these ideas of like, well, maybe this would be an interesting, you know, because I do, I always have in my head that I'm going to write another book, but I never know what it's going to be about until mm -hmm. it, it kind of comes to me. Yeah. Um, and I always have these ideas and then the book never ends up being about what I think it's going to be because yeah. my books are about life and I don't get to choose it really. So, totally. um, so yeah, so, so really I'm just kind of going through and just writing notes to myself so that one day, hopefully soon when I do feel well enough to write, um, I'll, I'll be able to look back and go like, oh, look at all this great material that I couldn't make funny at the time because I wasn't funny at the time. Yeah. 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 I related so much to when you described your process of writing, you know, and just that, you know, it's, it's difficult. Like I'm not one of those, I have friends that are like, I just can't wait to write my next book. And like, I just love writing. Like i I feel like it's torture. Like, I feel oh my like God. I hate it's it. It's such a slog for me. <laughs> It is the worst. And and I can't, I can't not write. I mean, I have absolutely no ability not to write because I, I love having written. And if I don't write, it feels like I'm, I have like constipation of the head. So I don't have a choice, but yeah, it is such a lonely, terrifying, mm -hmm. um, it's full of self-doubt. I yeah. delete at least half of what I write. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's real. Yeah. I, I have friends who are like, you know, they go on a plane and then by the time the plane comes down, they're like, I wrote a new novel. And I'm like, I hate you so much. I love yeah. you. I hate you. Yeah. Uh, because it takes me. I don't me, know that life. Right. It takes me like, on average, I think it takes about four to five years for me to write a book. And yeah. and I think, you know, a lot of other people are like, oh yeah, you know, I have a book. Um, I just signed another one. So it's due in three months. And I'm like, I wouldn't even be able to do a full chapter in three months. Yeah. Um, so, so, th and that's, you know, that's an issue too, of, of trying to kind of refocus your brain and be like, okay, you know what? I actually don't have to work, you know, as fast as everyone else. And you don't have to be as, you know, successful on the outside. And also, you know, well, guess what? Successful on the outside doesn't mean successful on the inside. And, no. and it's okay to find your own, your own path and your own journey. And, um, but it, yeah, it's, it's hard to do it at the time because of course yeah. at the time you're like, okay, well, an entire year has passed and I have done nothing. And of course yeah. it's not really nothing. It's like you survived. Survival and, is and a big thing. And you're living and that's, you know, grist for the mill. Like, you know, yes. you have to live your life in order to have material to write about, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But I have often thought to myself, like, why did I choose a career that requires my brain to be working at top, you know, at <laughs> top performance when I have a brain that doesn't work at top? Like, this doesn't make sense for me. Yes. yes. Why didn't I choose a career where like, it doesn't, if my brain is going a little haywire, it doesn't matter. Like, just exactly. why don't I make widgets? I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. My grandmother worked in a factory her whole life. And um, I always, in my head, I was always like, I think that would be such a great job yeah. because you just, it's just like this, this repetitive busy work, which my mind, like really, I really love when yeah. I have, like when, when they send me, you know, um, 
the tip-ins and you have to sign it. And they're like, we're so sorry. We have to send you 5,000 tip-ins. I'm like, yep. that is fantastic. Totally. I get to sit here and just sign five yep. that like, that's, that's two days worth of just sitting here yeah. and mindlessly working. Yes. Um, and what was funny is my grandmother, I, I would say, and, and my mom was always like, you know, you don't want to work in a factory like your grandmother. And I, I yeah. would always tell my grandmother, I was like, so is it really awful? She was like, it's fantastic. All I do is make sutures all day long. I yeah. just roll up, give, do the next one, roll them up. Yep. It's wonderful. I'm like, totally. thank you, granny. Thank you. You don't have to be in a special headspace. You don't, you know, right. you, you know, by the in. end of the day, no matter what your job has done, where, you know, there's many days as a writer where at the end of the day, you're like, nope, didn't happen. Yeah, ex- My work exactly. did not happen today. Exactly. Yeah. She was like, oh no, I got offered, you know, do you want to be a supervisor? Do you want to work in HR? Do you want that? She was like, heck no, this is, yeah, this is what I want to do. It was like, oh, okay. All right. So yeah, I'm always like, if nothing else, I can always go and work in a factory. And that actually sounds yeah okay to totally. me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I got into a factory, I would be like, oh, I don't like this very much, but uh, it's always seemed kind of nice. Although selfishly, I think we're all very glad that you chose writing because it is a <laughs> gift. It really is. I, I'm such a fan of your work. I loved this book. I hope people will go buy it. It's everywhere books are sold, but I would recommend they buy it from Nowhere Bookstore. Oh, thank you so much. Your bookstore, which I mean, talk really quick about that too. I loved um, in the end how you were talking about just what a gift the book club has been and oh you know gosh. how that's been sustaining both financially and emotionally. Yeah. So, so I opened nowhere bookshop. I mean, technically we sort of opened in 2019 um, with the, the book club, the fantastic strangelings book club. Um, and then we were going to open our doors physically in March of 2020. So oh. that's exactly what you want to do is uh, perfect timing. Mm-hmm, right. You, if you want to make money, you should open an independent bookshop, as the pandemic starts, yes. uh, so we we actually never opened because I was like, yeah. it's just too dangerous. And so we just did, you know, curbside and online. And um, we, we actually only opened uh, a few weeks ago. So it, yeah. we were, you know, in the prettiest warehouse ever, basically, for a really long time. But we had... Um, we have the Fantastic Strange Links Book Club, which is this book club where once a month I pick um, a weird, lovely book that you may not have, that may not have gotten enough um, attention. And I thought if I can get a hundred people to join, that'll help us. Like that'll be that'll be like a really big deal because um, you know that'll help you know pay the rent and, and all of that. Maybe we won't lose you know too much money every month. And we have thousands of members now and it is it has literally sustained us like it has paid for our we have full-time employees and we have you know the bookstore and they um they take care of us and it's I'm so lucky and then it also was really helpful for me because during a time when I couldn't do anything because I was so depressed um one of the only things that I could do was read and instead of feeling like oh my gosh, like I'm such a loser. I can't accomplish anything. Instead, I was like, you know what though? I have to read these books because this is part of my job is to find next month's book that's going to come out. And, and so it really saved me over and over, not only the books that I read because I was able to escape into different places when I couldn't leave my own house. Um, but also because it feels like every time as I'm reading these books, 
when I find the right one, I'm like, it feels like I am picking out a Christmas gift for 2000 of my best friends Mm -hmm. and they all are going to get this amazing book. And then also was really helpful for the authors because so many of them, I mean, it's hard publishing during a pandemic. And so, you know, an extra $2,000, uh, 2000 books being sold right off the top made massive difference for them, for the publishers. I mean, it helped in so many ways. That's great. Um, so yeah, it's, I feel so, so lucky that the books, the book club is still, going really strong. It's great. So cool. Well, I will say one thing I'm looking forward to when this pandemic, whenever it's over, (laughs) is visiting. We, you know, I follow and my daughter follows your bookshop and she's always saying like, I want to go there. You know, when can we go there? So someday. Someday. (laughs) Someday soon. Texas, get your act together. Yes. Come on. (laughs) Right. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. I will say at least at our bookstore, um, you know, we're all vaccinated. Everybody who works there is vaccinated. We require masks. We give out masks for people that don't have them. Um, so we're at least so far, knock on wood, we've been able to, to stay safe and, uh, so great. Yes. Yes. It is really, it is really, really nice. So, and, and people for the most part are like, very kind about it. And I mean, most of the people who come to visit an independent bookstore, even if they're not, they don't love masks. If you tell them, could you please? Yeah. It's very rare that we get somebody who's yeah. like, I'm an American. You can't make me, I, right. you know, that's, they're, they're at the gun store, not at the book, they are, not they at are, the independent booksellers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I could talk to you all day. Honestly, i just enjoy you so much this was so much fun I really enjoyed this this is nice this is the first uh, grab your book broken in the best possible way also if you have not read Jenny's work read all of her books we're never meeting or um we'll pretend this never happened and then what was the other one I'm furiously happy and you are here yes so good I've loved all your books I just devour them when they come out I'm always happy um, when you have a new book coming out. So thank was, you so much. And I, the I listened to the audiobook for this one and oh. I, I loved it. I loved hearing your voice. It was really Yay. fun. Oh, you're the best. I have never heard it myself. Um, cause I don't like to listen to my own voice. No, I didn't listen but, to mine either. Right. No, it's thank so you. awful. Why no. is that? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> but I like listening to yours. Oh, you're the best. All right. Well, thank you, friend. I hope I get to see you sometime soon. I know. <laughs> One day. It's going to happen. It's yes. going to happen. Delta's going to go down. People are going to get vaccinated. People are going to yes. wear masks. It's it's going to I can feel it. I can feel yes. it. It's going to be June all over again. We're going to be able to travel. We're yes. going to be able to go out. <sighs> Think all fingers crossed. Yes. Please. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at SelfiePodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.